0: That's so funny because I never, ever, ever noticed that, even though it is right there, that yes, it does. Because I'm using the same mic and it indeed says rodent. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: yeah, we got the rat mics going. We're good. I'm Robbie McDonald.
0: And I'm Jordan Lane.
1: We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife.
0: Holy shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD.
1: This is a podcast about ADHD hosted by two people with ADHD.
0: While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process.
1: We are not experts. Simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife.
0: If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. You look a little different today. Are you like made up?
1: I am. This is um, part of an an emerging strategy that I have now um, in just feeling a little bit better in my days and a little bit more Mm. like um, just present. So um, now that I'm starting to feel better after my dental stuff is really finally, the saga is finally coming to its fruition, um, I feel well enough that I want to start just being more in the world. So a big part of that is like, getting ready as though I'm going out of the house, even though I might not actually physically leave the house. I have today. Mm-hmm. I've gone for a walk, but to just feel as though I'm competent <laughs> on some level. And for some reason, eyeliner does that for me, even though I, you well, know, you look great. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's nice to feel, it's nice to feel well. It's, yeah. it, it feels like the last over two months now has just been a real struggle. So it's good to just feel in my body present. And, you know, it helps that the sun is shining in Vancouver and it's just like cherry blossom insanity out there. Like we live in Kitsilano, right? And so U Street's like right there. And right now it's just like a riot. I'm going to go Mm. out there and start taking some pictures uh, because it's just obscene. But I also don't want to be that person on social media who's posting all the the smug... (laughs) cherry blossom photos while it's snowing in calgary is it still snowing in calgary or no no
0: Hands it's uh, it's it's been melting the last couple days it's still cold and windy i think it's about 10 degrees um yeah i was thinking mm-hmm. if it warms up enough i might go for a run after we're done talking here but yeah we'll see how that goes
1: yeah that'd be a good idea too because that was the one thing that always would frustrate me in calgary i'm like it seems like the rest of the country would be in spring and then we would get like snow in may totally you know and and talking and about we had the, the b- weather even Anyway, go ahead. It was
0: it was like 18 degrees or something. And then the next like that evening we had that big snowstorm. So like <laughs> last week. So, you know, that, that, that's Calgary, though. That's Calgary in April. Like we all know what to expect at this point. You know
1: like. what? That's actually that's actually sparking a memory of one of the last times I think I saw you in Calgary is we went um, for an afternoon drink. Um, I think it was the ship and anchor of all places. Uh, it was a beautiful April day, right? You know, and I remember mm-hmm. I was wearing a dress and I was like, ah, oh, it's fun, you know, yay, summer or whatever. And then by the time I left you guys and like was on my way home, the storm was coming in and it snowed down. <laughs> and I was like, this was a really poor choice of clothes because I was freezing by the time I got back to Inglewood.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: Um, so that's pretty classic.
0: Yeah. I want to go back mm-hmm. to what you're talking about there about kind of like starting – you know, putting yourself together for your day. Cause that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's something that I've been like really noticing has an effect too. Um, mm-hmm. and is also the first thing to slip once I start kind of getting low. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's funny how those things all kind of compound each other. Like, you know, um, I recognize that I feel better when I'm eating right, when I'm exercising consistently, mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, getting up and showering and kind of like as you say, putting myself together, even if I don't have anywhere to go, mm-hmm. it at least like gets me maybe a little bit less in that mindset of like, you know, I don't have anything going on right now. So mm-hmm. kind of like, what's the point? And that's mm-hmm. just like, you know, that, that that's a place that's very easy for me to find myself in. Mm-hmm. And it's also a place that I recognize is just like, that's, it's not a place you can stay in because, you know, yeah, like, once, once you get low, that's the first thing that, or once I get low, that's the Mm. first thing that drops off is I stop eating well, I stop exercising, you know, I'm not consistent about getting to bed or whatever, or just like waking up on time and trying to do something, even if it doesn't Mm. work out the way I planned, but just Mm -hmm. like putting my energy towards something other than doom scrolling. Um, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, so, so, uh, so I've been trying to get kind of back on the consistent exercise and like showering and shaving, even if I'm not doing anything that day kind of bandwagon again
1: yeah I I think that's just so well said too because you know it is it's just so tempting to just say oh whatever it's not like I'm really going to be consumed by anyone else anyway um and I remember somebody telling me once and it was related to fashion and it'd be interesting to hear your take on this is Mm. that when you when you dress well and when you dress up uh, you're doing it kind of as a means of of respect to the people that you're going to be seeing or spending time with. Um, but what I would add is that when you're doing it just for no reason other than yourself, then it is a form of self-respect. It's like saying, I actually, I kind of like myself enough to like put on this shirt and this yes. feels good on me. And it's it's not something I would wear to please anybody else, but just because it just feels good. You know, what do you think of that? Like to just, it's your respect. Well,
0: it's, it's interesting. Like, um, so I kind of have a lot of baggage around, uh, that particular phrase, um, Mm -hmm. and not, not in the way that you kind of like, you maybe don't think about it a little bit, but just like what's, what's been interesting for me kind of in the last 10 years in, um, getting into men's fashion and kind of like learning about this stuff, um, is that there's a lot of like really I'm not going to say weird because, you know, they're obviously kind of expected in retrospect, but there's Mm. a lot of like classism and racism Mm. and stuff like that that kind of goes on in like (sighs) the classic menswear kind of fashion world. Um, And so that's, that's something where like that idea of like, you know, presenting yourself to other people put together Mm. is, it's something that like sounds good. Like, yeah, totally. Like put your best foot forward. Like it is, you know, If you're going to have to interact with if I'm going to have to interact with you, if you and I are recording this episode in person, I'm going to, you know, do my best to make sure that I smell pleasant and, Mm -hmm. you know, have not just had like a big garlic panini and eight (laughs) pots of coffee before we start talking to each other's faces. And so that's like there's there's a kind of I I get the idea of that, but Mm. um, where it always kind of not not always kind of where I've seen it go sometimes is into Mm. this very classist kind of area of like, well, you can't you know, you're you're not qualified for this line of work or or whatever for this other thing because you don't dress this certain way. And so I think that there's like, there's a lot of kind of class and often race implications that come along with the idea of quote respect Mm -hmm. and just kind of like respectability politics in general. Um, And so so I personally, my my view on fashion and just getting dressed in general is that it should be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, something that, you 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 can have an effect on other people by kind of how you choose to present yourself. But ultimately, if you aren't if you don't look in the mirror and say, like i you know, like I look cool. i I had fun putting this on, mm-hmm. like you know, you're 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 not kind of doing it for yourself to some degree. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I feel. Um mm-hmm. and so that that to me is interesting though, because like that's also part of why I think for me, it's because it's one of it, it's sort of one of the first things to slip when I do get down. Is because it is, it's a fun and like a joyful thing for me. And mm-hmm. so if I'm not feeling like fun or joyful, it's like, well, fuck, I may as well pull on the same Reebok sweatpants as yesterday, because I'm not going anywhere anyway. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, yeah, just just mm-hmm. just like trying to kind of recognize that these things are like healthy in themselves, but also mm-hmm. they're healthy at least for me, because they bring me happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, I feel like when I when I've talked to my clients and stuff, you know, I talk to them about you know, um, here, you know, given what you've told me about, uh, the different messages you want to present in your work contexts or dating or whatever, like, here's what we can do. And here's some things, but, you know, ultimately that sense of confidence, which is what you're trying to instill in that a big part of that comes along with having fun. Like it's hard not to feel confident when you're smiling and having fun and just Mm -hmm. like enjoying yourself and, you know, if if putting on clothes that you like and, and make you feel good and look good is part of that, then great. But I can see how like, yeah, it's it's hard to get there sometimes when it's not fun.
1: Yeah. I you know what I so agree with everything you're saying there. Um, and that's something I hadn't even considered in that phrase, um, way back when. And and I do remember even when I had um had moved to Vancouver and my original thought was to work in film and um and then of course, you know, the the whole industry was in crisis at, at that point in 2012 and there just weren't any jobs. Yeah. And, um, and I remember um, I was taking, it was some kind of like workshop that I took and the woman leading the workshop was like, well, you're not going to get anything dressed in, you know, the way that you dress, like no, one's going to hire you. And I remember thinking at the time that is such a crock of shit, but that I I also just wanted a job. I needed money. Right. So um, they sent me to this organization called Dress for Success, which apparently has a whole host yes. of issues and problems um, at the leadership oh. level, which I didn't realize. Um, but at the time, it did, in fact, help me, um, you know, to get a job at a little production company, you know, working in their office, and which was fine. Um, but there was not a single day that went by when I was wearing little, little suits and outfits that I felt like myself.
0: Yeah. I, I felt mm. like an
1: imposter. Every It never felt fun to me. You know, I did feel polished, you know, going to these shishi lunches at the Hotel Vancouver or whatever. And I somewhat fit in because I was wearing the same uniform sure. as the rest of the folks from all these mining companies and whatever. Um, but <laughs> it just really was not me at all. And yeah. so I think that's such a good point, Jordan, is that when you're getting dressed, it should be fun. And it shouldn't be this classist thing where you have to spend beyond your means in order to qualify to do something. Um, I, and I've often resented that, um, and I think you just put a name on it, is that, that classist um, that kind of infrastructure that exists around a lot of the, the corporate world, right? It's like there are even some organizations that have um, very specific uh, dress guidelines for women and how you can wear your nails, how you can wear your hair and stuff like that, which is absolute bullshit because that's often incredibly racist, Right. Um, mm-hmm. In saying that you're not you're not allowed to have acrylic acrylic nails, right? You're not allowed to have certain hairstyles, and I, I just think it's horrific that that happens. And I think that they miss so many opportunities to work with incredible people when they mm-hmm. put that kind of uniform approach to things. Um, and yeah, it, it is uh, it is really interesting. Like even my former job, I did that thing where I you know went to some store called Middle Sister. This doesn't exist anymore. But it was really just kind of like uh, mediocre corporate wear. And, you know, when I got the like funky design tunic and like the little shirts and shit. And and I remember thinking, just so isn't me, you know, but I was just trying so hard to fit into something that I really mm-hmm. wasn't designed for to begin with, um, both because of my ADHD brain and because of the way that I understand my values now, it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked long term no matter what. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, it's so interesting that you say that, that like, it's this almost like a gatekeeping mechanism, right? Like that you need to yeah, show absolutely. up a certain way. And, and I think that that's, that's the status quo that uh, really needs to change. And, and yeah, it should be, it should be fun to get ready in the morning. You should like, look forward to it, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to rock mm-hmm. this shirt today, you know, or this frock or whatever. It is that I'm going to wear, you know, like I was telling you, mm-hmm. I think last time we talked like my uniform now is, you know, black turtleneck or nothing in this outfit you would think would go together, but I like it. So I'm going to wear it.
0: Power clashing. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I totally power clash, right? Like yesterday we had to go out to do something and yeah, that was, that was the thing. Lots, lots of different fabrics and patterns and scars and things. And cause it's a little bit defiant, but it, that's how I feel joyful when I get dressed sure. when, I, is when I dress like that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. um, And then today, like I said, yeah, eyeliner just makes me feel like I can get some shit done. (laughs) (laughs) And we were going to be talking about what what was it we even had as our topic today?
0: It was like we were talking we we talked a little bit in that email about um, kind of the social media community around ADHD online, um, Mm -hmm. was kind of, I've been putting some kind of thoughts around that stuff a bit lately, but then the other one I was thinking about was a little bit about rest and exercise. But Mm -hmm. I feel like we kind of talked about that a little bit just now in, in talking about like, you know, routines and things. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really kind of have anything too specific about exercise other than I feel better when I do it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, and I know that that is kind of like the prevailing, um, wisdom, if you will, around um, neurodivergence and ADHD is that when you do get exercise, of course, it raises your dopamine and it raises your serotonin, um, but it can often be easier said than done, depending on mm. who you are and where you're at in your health experience. Um, like I'm, I'm finding that just a little bit of yoga is okay for me right now. And of course, going for long mm-hmm. walks is, is key. And now that the weather is great, it's, you know, I want to be outside all the time, Yeah. Um, but it's not as easy um, for everybody and I and I totally understand that um, but I do miss sometimes like um, being able to go for a run like I don't have the same level of energy that I once did and you know of course buggered up my Achilles so running is no longer an option which right. kind of sucks but I do miss that kind of feeling afterwards of like feeling completely clear like that's what it would do it would always clear my mind you know I would start going yep. for a rage run like cranking ACDC or something like that and then I'd come back and I'd just be like okay I got this, you know. I just feel so much better. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it is like everybody's different too, right? Like, it, you know, and and at different stages in your life, you know, I am. I'm getting a bit older now, even though I don't like recognizing. it. I qualify for the vaccine here in BC, which I can't <laughs> get because they made the announcement yesterday when I was out of the house and Rogers was down yesterday.
0: Right. So I didn't right. have cell
1: phone service for most of the day. So they make this announcement, all the appointments get snapped up and and then I try to get on last night and today. And yeah. and there there was a little bit of a a frustration spiral this morning. I was definitely <laughs> hyper focused for about an hour, you know, trying to log on to all these different pharmacies and stuff. And but then I realized yesterday morning, I didn't think I was getting the vaccine until June or July. Right. Mm. And then this new piece of information got me like so activated to go make sure that I get this shit done. And then yeah. it, I didn't even know about it yesterday morning. So I just kind of had to let it go.
0: It's, it's funny. I know that, again, like David Foster Wallace, not another popular person to talk about these days. But um, I just I can't help but think of that Louis C.K. bit about the airplane Wi-Fi, if you've ever heard oh, that one. I know
1: the one yeah
0: yeah or it's just like this thing that i didn't know existed until five minutes ago is now like ruining my day because it doesn't work yes
1: right like <laughs> getting like completely fixated and in fact like a woman that i um worked with like a couple of years ago at um at story money impact here in vancouver she randomly texted me this morning she's like Do you need some coaching to get through the thing and i was like Okay, sure. So she calls me and she's like, that's awesome. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to this place. You got to go here. And what she explained was that the forms are all a mess, especially at the bigger pharmacies. But if you can find a smaller pharmacy and call them, you have a better chance of getting in. Okay. Um, But I was still a little bit behind the eight ball on that. Sure. Um, But she also said, you know, if you have a car, you can just, you can still drive because we've got travel restrictions coming in on Friday. Mm. Um, So that means even if you're in Vancouver proper, um, it's not advisable to go to North Anne or Coquitlam.
0: Burnaby or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
1: and my mom's in Burnaby, but, you know, we're we're just talking on the phone these days anyway because that's a safe right. way to do it. Um, but, you know, for her, she could get one in Burnaby and it was fine, but because I'm not driving, um, I was limited to kind of a limit, you know, this right. circle on West Vancouver. Um, West side Vancouver, I always get that mixed up. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so uh, it's it's just kind of like I'm just letting it go. It's like I will get... Um, the thing when I meant to, and you know, in the meantime, just I'm mostly at home anyway. I'm not exposing anyone else. I'm trying to stay the fuck away from other people. I'm reasonably healthy, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to get it so that I can start being more active in the world. But I don't expect anything to really open up fully. And you know, I don't, I don't have any attachment to that. I don't, I don't give a fuck about going to Earls. Sorry if anybody listening goes to Earls, but that place just couldn't go fuck itself. <laughs> Cause they, you know, they're like super spreader restaurants. I just like, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but they got the paper mache parrots.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I worked at an Earl's when I was 18. I got promptly fired in less than a month. <laughs> I I, I didn't do well with the hierarchy at Earl's. No, no, I wasn't having it. And I was like, what do you mean you want me to, like, take that vomit and clean it? I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The server who got that person so drunk that they had to puke in the bathroom? They should be cleaning it. Yeah, they should be cleaning it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, you know, at 18, I I still had quite a chip on my shoulder. um, That was kind of groomed out of me over years of working in the restaurants. And there were days I did clean up vomit, but... uh, at the at the Southport Earls I wasn't having any of it
0: my my chip <laughs> has only grown stronger uh, since since eighteen it really didn't start blossoming till my thirties probably <laughs> but uh I would say it's less a chip and more just like you know kind of recogni- boundary setting let's call it recognizing <laughs> what you will and won't take from people so yeah
1: right yeah and restaurants you know they're just places that I don't know I just like my heart goes out to the restaurants in well, everywhere, really, but, like, here in yeah. BC, too, it's, it's been tough, right? But we have had a mild spring, so those that have a patio can at least, you know, um, maintain some business that way. Um, but, yeah, it's really, I think it's it's been, it, well, I, I know it has been really, really hard for people working in restaurants and, you know, just the uncertainty and not being able to qualify for EI and stuff like that. It's fucking hard. Yeah. You know? um, and, you know, you're getting treated like shit, and then to not really get the the support from the government that you should be getting. Although I have heard that they're trying to come up with something here. I just don't know what it looks like yet. Yeah. I hope they do. Well, and
0: again, though, like, um, the people serving are, are most likely under 40 demographically. And so they're Mm -hmm. also, again, front lines of exposure and last in line for the shots. Yeah. So which
1: I, which I, I still don't have my mind around that. I don't get why that is like people that are like constantly being exposed to like, sorry, but like, you know, the boomer folk that are out there yucking it up with their martinis. Like they're the ones that they're going viral for saying stupid shit at pizza places in Kitsilano. Like right. it's like middle-aged white dudes driving their Audi and like feeling like they can just buy their way out of everything. And it's just so frustrating um, because you're right. Like the people that are just trying to make a fucking living and they're the ones being blamed for everything. I don't think that's, yep. I just think it's so myopic. Is that the right word? It,
0: it's an injustice, like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's injustice. But yeah, myopic, short-sighted, absolutely it is. Yeah.
1: Um, it's so funny that's not what we're talking about, health stuff. I mean, it's on, it's on everybody's mind, right? Like, we're yeah still in this damn pandemic, and um, I'm trying really hard. I don't know, how are, you, how are you doing with the social media stuff? Because I I read an essay from Devin Price, um, which I should link you to. Maybe we can put it in the show notes, um, where they talk yeah. about... Um, all the different strategies they developed over the last like three months. Um, after seeing how much time they had spent mm. in the Doom scroll, um, in you know, um, coddling people online and responding to things, and how that was that was impacting their mental well-being. Um, yeah, and they they identify as um as being on the autism spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, they, they also wrote a book called laziness does not
0: exist. And we talked about it before, right? So, oh yes, yes, yes. Right. I was wondering why I recognize the name.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm really interested in how they, just, there was just something about the way that that essay was written that really resonated for me that I could say, okay, this I can do this. Th- mm. This is a really good way for me to reduce my exposure, um, to the things that are causing me distress um, to imposter syndrome, to feeling like I constantly have to be serving this algorithm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's another piece to it that that maybe you were going to get to as well. Um, with with rejoining Twitter um, just after Christmas, I did it because I was curious about, you know, my ADHD discovery. Um, but then I'm starting to see all these different kind of uh, groups and um I don't know. It's almost I don't know want to use the word "click," but it feels no, that way no. I we? think
0: "faction" is actually oh. the one I would have gone with. Okay. Because it because it fucking feels like warring sometimes. Yeah. At least in my experience, yeah. Uh,
1: it was. It's been surprising when I come across that. It's a bit jarring because I feel like here's this great way, and and I understand that Twitter can be uniquely addictive to the ADHD brain, right? Um, just because it's like sure. perpetual uh, dopamine hits and information and you know, all kinds of um, memes and fun, stimulating things. Um, but yeah, that really kind of sucks the, the, the curiosity and the joy out of it when I see those kinds mm. of things. And, and, I, and I'm noticing I'm not posting as much or engaging as much, um, like partly because I feel like the folks that have like big followings and, you know, kind of an imprint that have been there a long time, they already are saying what they need to say. And I may get some good information from that. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel as though there's an invitation um, to participate. Or if mm. I feel like I do, mm. that, it, um, that I just kind of get lost in the, in the noise. Um, right. And no one's been overtly aggressive towards me or anything like that. But it just has felt a little bit like tiptoeing in and then kind of going, eek, okay. <laughs> I'm just kind of like backing back up again. But, yeah. yeah. What do you think?
0: I I feel like that's Twitter in general, or at least my experience of it is just mm. like you know you're 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 basically being a reply guy. You're just like an ADHD reply guy right now, but you know it's just like y- there there's a lot of accounts that I follow on there that like I would love to be able to fucking throw a riff in there, and you know so it's like hey here's like a a, a joke that works in. With this joke that you posted, I'll like sometimes I'll leave it underneath, and sometimes it'll get no favorites. Sometimes it'll get three. One time it got two hundred and fifty favorites. So you know it's just kind of like sometimes, but but yeah, it it it's very much like once you kind of get, I'm gonna call it let's say a thousand. I feel like once you hit a thousand follower threshold, Mm -hmm. it's just it's very easy to just kind of have a not necessarily a fast snowball, but a steady one. Like, like it just Mm -hmm. kind of, is just going to keep growing from there. But yeah, as you say, there's like, there's so much quote kind of noise of just like, you know, which is people's voices. Like it's, it's people like you and and other people that, you know, want to speak their piece and have themselves be heard. Mm -hmm. But the cumulative effect of that is just like, oh fuck, there's like 800 posts to scroll through in this thread or whatever from different people. Um, So I kind of, I I totally understand, um, you know, like if, if, if you're feeling like kind of hesitant to be another kind of voice in the wilderness or whatever, Mm. um, about that stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's my own kind of social media relationship these days is just like, it, it goes up and down uh, in Mm. terms of like how I'm feeling about it. Uh, Mm. there's days when I really, really like Twitter and there's days when I'm like mad about it, but I also can't stop going on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, part of that for my own kind of like, uh, trying to limit how much I use it, not doing a great job, but you know, like taking it off my phone, muted certain words and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what's what's kind of been interesting to me the last while is seeing these kinds of different again i'll I'll say factions just kind of like clashing in in the twitter sphere over like the right quote way to advocate for ADHD mm. or like the right way to talk about this stuff or the right way to make these kind of weird vague posts that like hey you might have ADHD if um mm. and it's been interesting to me to kind of like think about the, again, the kind of cumulative effect of all this stuff is there's a lot of people like you and I who are newly diagnosed as adults and hungering, hungering for this fucking information about like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this been this this huge piece of me that like it wasn't missing. It was there, but you kind of couldn't name it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like so you kind of have you you kind of have this um, this new understanding of yourself, but then, and I think I talked about this a little bit in the first episode, um, about it's very, very tempting to then see everything through that lens. Mm -hmm. Um, as a recent diagnosis, especially as a recent adult diagnosis, it's very, very tempting to be like, oh, well, this thing, um, is kind of like these other behaviors and maybe that's something to do with ADHD. And you know, a lot of the times that's not wrong. And again, like, mm-hmm. I wish I had seen information like that sooner and, and just like been able to understand that like, no, like neurotypical people can not quote turn their brain off and just like, Oh, it's sleepy time. You know, <laughs> stop thinking about like what records were in the jukebox at the bar you were at earlier, or something fucking <laughs> dumb. Right. <Yeah. laughs> like, and, and and so, again, if, if I'd seen information like that or information about kind of like how inattentive type ADHD presents in men at a younger age, I would have had a different kind of life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also see a lot of really fucking unhelpful, either hyper vague or hyper specific stuff that's mm-hmm. just like, you know, Hey, well, if you always chose the teacup with the lilacs on it, you might be neurodivergent, and it's just like this feels like some weird fucking like mental health Jeff Foxworthy shit, where you're just like throwing a fucking dart at the noun board and just being like, you know, if uh, if Splinter was your favorite Ninja Turtle, you might have ADHD, and it's just like, what? Jeff no, these, these are like these are like fucking very normal like experiences for kids to have or kids our age or whatever to have like you know and and again that's that's part of the frustration of trying to explain how adhd makes you think and function and behave differently to people who don't have it it's just like well i get anxious and i get rumination thoughts and i have these other things too and it's like yes totally you like that's absolutely part of the quote normal human experience, but it's just a matter of degree. it's not it's not a fucking hose that you can't turn off, and you're like, yeah. you know, um I, I have you ever I don't know if you've ever seen there's this viral video of these guys in a car drinking coke, and so The guy's got his bottle open in the front seat. And so there's this guy in the passenger seat holding this open bottle of Coke. And the driver talks, says something to the guy in the back to make the guy in the passenger seat turn around and look at the driver. And then the driver drops the fucking Mentos in this guy's Coke. So he immediately gets like Coke fountain going in the front seat of this car. And he just like shoves his mouth over it. And so just like coming out of his mouth and nose because he's trying to keep all this Coke foam from getting all over his upholstery. And I feel like that's what it feels like sometimes. It's like, mm. you know, maybe a neurotypical person can take too big of a swig of Coke and like get a little bit of a spurt or whatever and kind of like have to catch their breath and stop choking and get back to normal like that, that's kind of like, you know, having a fucking distressing thought and ruminating on it and being able to put it away. But I feel like it's just like, that is always going and there's just like this flood (laughs) of stuff kind of coming at you all the time. And that's like, you know, (laughs) maybe an analog to kind of the difference being able to turn it off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that because uh, just yesterday I was having a chat um, uh, with a friend of ours and and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I get distracted sometimes. And and I think that that is, um, unfortunately, the broader kind of view of ADHD is that it's just about distractibility. But, of course, we know that it's so much more complex than that. Um, and um, when 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 people say, oh, if you might have been, whatever, like you were saying, insert noun here, then, you know, you may be neurodivergent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it is kind of minimizing it in a way, but I also think there's not really any, it's kind of futile to try to police that when people are doing it. Totally. Because as somebody who at one point in my life many years ago used to correct people on their grammar, and I now know never, ever do that. um, Yes. Unless you're actually editing an essay, then just don't. Um, But, you know, it's... to me, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, folks, I, I do think they are trying to be helpful when they put that out there, um, but mm-hmm. it, but of course it's not, you know, any kind of clinical assessment or anything. Um, and, uh, yeah, like that's the, that's the piece for me where I get, when I see people getting cranky about ADHD and they're like, oh, well, now everybody's got ADHD because it's, you know, cool or whatever. And it's, <laughs> I don't know anybody, myself included. Um, it's not something that I, I really would invite. Um, And, you know, of course, there are aspects of it now that I'm starting to see as strengths. And I think that they're really good things, like you know, creativity Mm -hmm. and um, solution seeking and things like that. But the invasive thoughts, um, not being able to turn things off, like when I get just so hyper focused on something, the joy will seep out of it pretty quickly if I've got a clenched jaw and I'm just like so determined to see this thing through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to it's to the detriment of everything else. And and that is something different than, you know, being distracted by a police siren. And that was the context of the actually it wasn't it was a right. like a garbage truck or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friend was like, oh, yeah, that's distracting for me, too. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's all I think about for, like, the next half an hour. It's going to take me a while to even get back into this conversation because all I can think about is why the fuck that truck has to be there right now. While we're talking, that truck is so rude. It's interrupting us. Like, And it's just, like, this internal thing, right? Um, yeah. But I, I think when it comes to, like, to, to Twitter, it's just because it it is such an outrage machine that... Um, I think even the best intentioned people can put something out there and then uh, there'll be this kind of pushback against it. And provided it's not overtly harmful or malicious, um, to me, it's just kind of like, well, you know, um, to each their own to some extent. Um, But at the same time, as people, you know, as somebody who is, you know, hungry for information um, Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes a little too much, like I, I definitely had like quite a long list of library books. Um, and right now I've got this one, the radical guide for women with ADHD, oh, okay. um, which is actually being, it's quite helpful. It's more of a workbook than anything else, mm-hmm. um, which sucks that I can't write in it cause it's a library book. That I'm, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's, if, well,
0: if I can make a little piratey suggestion, try typing the title in a PDF as well. Oh, good. This segment brought to you by the pirate bait.
1: Thank you. Um, that might actually work really well. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that There's so much information. This was the thing that I wanted to touch on, too, is that with all this information, um, it can also be overwhelming. And my mom reminded me of something because I I don't know where I read it, but I read somewhere that ADHD isn't genetic, Um, but Mm. it is. Um, But it is also like there's a combination of factors, right? So Of course, yeah. um, It it can be environmental. Um, Your upbringing can have a lot to do with it. Um, but you know you can also inherit certain things from parents. It could run through families. But it was just interesting as I was talking to my mom and I was countering her on that and she was literally just reading Gabor Mate's book and everything. and I was like, like, <laughs> countering her on the book that I suggested that she read because I right. had read something else probably online or God knows where and I was just like confusing myself. Right. And I think that that's something I'm prone to anyway so I, I do have to kind of be careful like okay let's just read this and Maybe just stick to this one book this week, and maybe not read. Maybe don't click all the links. Right. Because I usually have anywhere from fifty to seventy tabs open, and like I don't think that's holy shit. That's not good for my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've settled down. I probably don't.
0: it's not good for your CPU either. I feel like
1: <laughs> it's like why is my computer freezing? I don't know. <laughs> nothing's working. Click, 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 click. I'm just going to open 20 more tabs. See what happens. What's going and on? They're YouTube? All loading
0: like three full screen Chevrolet video ads.
1: Oh, yeah. It's always like really rich content videos and all kinds of shit. Um, yeah, I, I actually closed a bunch of tabs before we started. Cause I was like, let's just like set myself up for success here. <laughs> Well, on
0: that subject, though, um, I don't know if you you have a browser extension that lets you view things in reader mode or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. that's something I've found to be really helpful um, for getting reading done online, uh, Ah. where it just like kind of strips out. It, it just basically takes the text of the page and dumps it into a text native kind of browser format so there's not the ads and the images and a billion different fucking links and all this other stuff and you can just kind of read through on this relatively distractionless uh, version of that so
1: oh that's really good to know actually um, because I, I do I prefer reading like from a book um, same but uh, you know with fewer distractions because of course if there's something and then there's a link and you know, I have a ad blocker, but some sites, for some reason, I don't know if I've whitelisted them by accident. and it's like mm. suddenly it'll be an ad for something. It'll, one of my reassuring things is to just look at um, dresses online, even though I'm not no intention to buy anything. I just like mm-hmm. find it really really reassuring. All those little squares of different size women. Um, and so then of course, like I'll be looking at something, and there'll be an ad for a dress. Right. Fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, and so that, and then that that'll send me on a thing like, why do I do that? That's not a healthy coping mechanism. I'm like, well, it's fine as long as I don't buy anything. It's fine, but I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't like. If there's just something. I don't know. There's something reassuring about it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the algorithms probably think, oh, great, she's gonna buy a bunch of stuff, but I never do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, ha ha, algorithms. Mm. <laughs>
0: So going back to that kind Mm. of um, conflicting information slash too much information overwhelm thing, Mm. that's kind of that's kind of the biggest thing that I feel like is. And again, it's it's a relatively innocuous problem, because as you said, unless, you know, if, if people are talking about like, you know, if you had a crush on the white Power Ranger, you might be autistic or whatever. Like that's it's goofy and it muddies the waters. But I think that ultimately it's not actively harmful Mm -hmm. um but yeah like like Mm. what's what's tough is you know when you're new at when you're new at anything um it's very tough to vet information because you are a total neophyte in the field you don't know who the experts are you Mm -hmm. don't know who the quote right places to look for are you don't there's a hundred different three-letter organizations and you don't know what their specific platforms are blah 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 and so it's really, it it it's it's hard to be plunked down as say I don't know a person in middle age who's just figured out they have ADHD to just jump on to uh, an information resource like the World Wide Web, like Twitter, whatever,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: yeah, just like oh, you think you have problems with overwhelm, huh? You you want to go find some information about that, huh? Well, guess what? Here's 16 different conflicting opinions, <laughs> all by people with PhD after their name. And, mm-hmm. you know, half of them, uh, you know, have been canceled by the neurodivergent community because they're associated with this researched institute that did blah, blah, blah back in the 80s or whatever. And it's just like, holy fuck, like where do I begin with this stuff? It's it's mm-hmm. a big a big part of why I stay out of politics in terms of especially like global geopolitics is I don't fucking know shit. I can barely tell you what's going on in my neighborhood and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like I, I just don't have the breadth of knowledge to mm-hmm. have a strong opinion about what's going on in different parts of the world sometimes because like, fuck man, I don't know. And And so mm-hmm. I feel like for me, if it was like, okay, Jordan, like, you know, tell tell me what's going on in, in Sri Lanka right now. Like, I could get you there, but I would be like, okay, wait, do I listen to this expert who, you know, says that Sri Lanka is a horrible place that's bad for human rights? Or do I listen to this guy who has the same degree from the same school who has the exact opposite opinion? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, I guess I better go through 40 minutes of research to find out who these guys are funded by and then find out who those organizations are and blah, blah, blah. And so like you're doing these crazy steps of due diligence at every step of Mm -hmm. the way because you don't want to put your foot in shit. You don't want to put your foot in shit and fucking track it all around the house. And Mm -hmm. especially if you're kind of walking around in someone else's house, which I feel like a public space like Twitter is to some degree, yeah. like, you know, it's one thing to have shit prints and, and, and a bad smell in your own house. But then like when other people are like, Hey, who's leaving all this shit around and you're walking around <laughs> with a piece of toilet paper stuck to your shoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, like, I think that that's, but that, I think you're just, you just named it so well because it's, it is, um, it's so intriguing and um, exciting uh, to start looking at all these things, especially, um, you know, early in discovery, you know, like the, this is so much and I want to learn about all this. And, and there is something, you know, of course, my brain like, like lights up. I'm like, oh, this is relevant. I see myself in this. I definitely see myself Absolutely. in this. And as somebody who spent a lot of my life feeling invisible and not seen, it's, it, it's really enticing. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that I do need to have uh, some filters and boundaries. And um, it has become important for me to have it around Twitter. Um, and a lot of that has to do uh, just, like, with in general. I, I just went on the weekend and just muted a bunch a bunch more um, just because I found myself getting outraged about provincial politics in my former province and your current province. And I just found myself <laughs> just getting so angry, and and I realized that that wasn't really doing me or anybody any good, and then I had to kind mm. of just go and take take back that attention, um, because really, yeah, the reason I restarted Twitter was to learn more about ADHD, um, but it is, of course, um, as Twitter does, will also tell you all the other things that you need to worry about, um, and be anxious about, and get outraged about, and, and follow compulsively, and obsessively, and lose sleep over um, right and that's that is like fundamentally the attention economy that's what it's based on is our eyes glued to screens right that's how mm-hmm. companies make their money um so i am just kind of taking that power back taking that attention back um, by putting the freedom app on my browser at certain times of day on my smartphone i can just i can just turn it off on the weekend just there's no access to twitter on the weekend at certain times of day and it just helps me because i know i know myself well enough to know that I'm not necessarily going to adhere to that on my own. I do need a little bit of support yeah. because it's, it's not a matter of lack of discipline. These things are designed to addict you. So mm-hmm. um, it's nobody's fault. Right. Except for the people that are designing things to addict you. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely been aware of that lately of like the information overload um, and then allowing myself to be wrong. Like, because I'm so early in all this too, right. Like to say, okay, yes. I might not actually know about this that much. I do know what my experience is. Um, and so when, if somebody says, like, an offhand remark, like, oh, I get distracted sometimes, too, or it's just that I'm I, I am, I'm learning how to gently correct them. Like, and yesterday I said, you know, and yes, that's true. And um, I have it, like, to a much larger degree where it impacts my yeah. life in a really negative way and all my relationships and my career and everything. That's something different than... Um, you know, being distracted mm-hmm. in a, in a distracted world, we are all living in this you know hyper connected, multitasking hellscape. Um, so <laughs> you know, like I get that, right? But the but the ADHD piece is uh, it goes so much deeper. And um, and the more I think about it, I realize that yeah, that, that my responsibility lies in how I respond to the people I'm directly interacting with. And I'm certainly not an expert. in um and and Twitter to me is also, as a writer, kind of intimidating, too, because I'm like, everybody's being all pithy and smart and cool. And so I'll, st- I'll try to be all pithy and smart and cool. And then I'll go back and read it. I'll be like, that looks stupid. And then I'll just delete it. <laughs> or, you know, I try to be funny or, you know, like, and it just doesn't, if it's not feeling genuine anyway, then people probably just they feel it, right?
0: That That's what I was just going to say is like, if it's, yeah, if, if you're feeling like you got to get a dunk off or you got to be clever or whatever, like, you know, it's not. I don't know. Are you actually feeling that way?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like to the fashion point, right? Like, like how you're dressing is like, does yeah. this feel fun? And does this feel like me? Or am I just putting on this uniform to try to fit in? Yeah. Right. Um, because that's the big piece of the book that I'm reading right now. Um, is that why, like, why do we spend so much of our energy just like contorting ourselves into this like uniform way of looking at the world and uniform a way of dressing and everything when mm-hmm. in fact our brains are not aren't that way and it's causing us harm right so why not just like let the flag fly high what was that expression i remember you said the freak flag fly high or yeah, something yeah let your
0: freak flag fly
1: there it is um but to, to it's just it's an old 60s one i think right to just like let it like i'm i'm learning too like just just how i express myself and how how I am in the world to be genuine in that because I spent so much of my life questioning my own sense of self because I got mm-hmm. so many negative messages. Right. Um, so now instead of trying to just like, you know, adjust to the status quo, um, you know, my therapist said, you know, like who told you being rebellious was such such a bad thing. It's actually not right. Like, yep. especially if we're rebelling against systems that are actively causing people harm, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like now I'm starting to just be like, yeah, Man. <laughs> I'm like the man. And if I sound like Mark Maron, I'm okay with
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, uh, that. that's super interesting. And you, you, you touched on something a little bit earlier, talking about kind of, um, this is your experience and kind of this is how you've, yeah, just what's kind of going on for you right now. And um, I think that that's mm-hmm. so far something that we've managed to do really well between the two of us kind of, on this show and just talking about this stuff more generally um, Mm -hmm. is to keep it grounded in that, like, this is, this is two people. And that's all it is is two people. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing those experience um, sharing those experiences. If you, if you recognize parts of that and you uh, relate to part of that and you're not a person who thinks they have ADHD, you know, maybe that's something to check into, but yeah, I feel like Mm. that, is so, so, so easy to just generalize out one step. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, I think where that kind of stuff goes from being kind of comical to, I'm not going to say actively harmful, but certainly like, like, it, it just muddies the waters. These posts a couple of weeks ago that just fucking irked the shitter to me. So I had to like mute a few different phrases. A post with like, my child isn't neurodivergent. And then say like, your child XYZ. And some oh, of it yeah. was like, yeah, this is like, this is like relatable. And some of it was just, yeah, like, crush on the white power ranger stuff where i was just like fucking come on man like what are you doing and so that i think is like it it's, it comes out so differently to be like um i i am a neurodivergent person and i really enjoyed uh you know like um spending time looking at fish in the pet store versus my child isn't neurodivergent your child spends time in the pet store looking at fish and just kind of like <laughs> this like there's like this implied kind of like smug chin scratch to it like checkmate bitch and it's like <gasps> and and that's that i think is the danger <laughs> is that even just in formatting it that way mm-hmm. in, in in formatting it like this thing is a checkmate it's like oh fuck well this person who has uh thousands of followers and a and a platform says that looking at the fish in the pet store means you have adhd or autism and like fuck, fuck like oh my god and it's Mm -hmm. like maybe that's true for some people but there's gonna be other people that just like i like fish man like it's relaxing i like to chill and look at the fish and i'm broke right now so you know like (laughs) i'm just gonna stand in the fish store and look at fish i don't know and there's
1: nothing wrong with that yeah and there's
0: nothing wrong with that and and it doesn't necessarily have any correlation and i think that that's Mm -hmm. there's a temptation to after diagnosis or getting this understanding to then almost treat yourself like a fucking lab animal or a character Mm. or a construct in some way. And it's like if if you're getting a little piece of evidence in your scientific experiment that correlates this thing, suddenly everything, you're going to look at everything with an eye to like, how do I add this to my list of evidence that my experiment is proceeding the way it is? And that's where, like, you got to have the discipline to recognize signals from noise and recognize kind of what is and isn't relevant. And, like, Mm -hmm. part of part of why your personality is the way it is, is because you're neurodivergent. But part of it is also because of the sum of your life experiences and all of the other genetic factors and just like, you know. people have personalities. Even if you have ADHD or autism, you have a fucking personality and you have interests and, and ways of communicating that don't necessarily relate to either of those things. And I think it's just kind of like important to not, not, not kind of like cheapen is the wrong word, but I feel like it kind of takes some of the richness out of life and individuality to it. it, It's an all actually, you know what it is? It's an almost mechanistic kind of Calvinist, determinist view of the world to be like, well, I have ADHD. So there's all of these things that now, like, this is me now. And this is kind of like how I got to behave.
1: <laughs> like yes. there's like,
0: there's no agency involved.
1: Right. Like, and to just let, let that be like the defining part of you yes. and what defines you. And that's something that I'm, I'm really aware of too, because yes, of course. in like the early discovery that, it, you know, the curiosity is just like boundless and I want to learn all these things. Yeah. And, and even, you know, a few months into it, I would, you know, again, be talking about it over dinner with my partner and he'd be like, yeah, okay. And also you are, you know, just a little bit this way, just naturally. And that, and that's part of who you are and that's fine. Right. Um, But yeah, I think that that is a really important point to make is that, you know, getting, getting a diagnosis or, or, you know, discovering it, however that looks um, through, you know, a medical professional or family doctor, however it is. um, And then, to take that information in a way that um, will help you feel um, a sense of agency, help you feel fully yourself, right? I think that that's the key that I'm like most excited about, right? Like, so now mm-hmm. I know this stuff that, and I because I've moved through the sense of grief that was really dominant for me the first two months, yeah. I will say, of diagnosis, I was really, really sad um, because I felt like I had missed out on so much in life. But now I feel this sense of, okay, so, um, that it does suck, no question. It sucks because there was a lot of situations that might have gone differently for me. But I can't, I can't live my life backwards, right? As the saying goes, you have to live your life forwards. And yeah. and what I feel right now is the sense of like possibility and what I'm doing to move forward is going to be more sustainable because I have more awareness, right? Yeah. But I can't blame every single thing that goes wrong in my life on my neurodivergent brain, right? Um, there, there still needs to be some accountability and I still need to set up some systems that are going to work for me, right? Um, and I'm not going to start hawking, you know, calendars and all these different things because everybody's heard that, right? Oh, have you tried sticky notes? Oh, have you tried it? I'm like, yes, everybody's fucking tried that, right? But like, um, to just feel that sense of like being whole and um, and comfortable in my own skin, I think that's that's the goal for me right? The sense of Mm -hmm. freedom too just feeling free to, um, to live a life on my own terms, you know?
0: Yep. Um, that's, that's really the only kind of freedom there is, is what I'm coming to realize. Like, you know, people can talk about the freedom of having money and blah, blah, blah. But you know, if you, if you spend the first 40 years of your life living in a way that feels inauthentic or performing and blah, 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 to kind of like, well, you know, now I get to like have all this fun in the second half. And that's true. But then you're never not, and this is true for everyone in any point of their life, you're never not going to be wondering what could have been, right? hmm. Going back to the kind of everything looking like a nail thing for a sec. So, mm-hmm. a, an example for me that I thought was th- that's kind of like funny is um, so, so I play drums, as you know, and something that I really, really, really like uh, is songs that are in odd time signatures. I love songs that are in five four seven four nine thirteen, 13, all these kinds of weird. Um, time signatures that don't kind of progress along rhythmically in a typical way that you would expect. And so that's something that, again, I've known since I was 13 or whatever, I started playing drums. Uh, we had to play Dave Brubeck in in jazz band. And that was like, whoa, holy shit, you can like play in five time. That's so fucked up. <laughs> um, and so th- that was something that I was kind of thinking about uh, when I was playing drums one day after I had been diagnosed was just like, oh, like, I wonder if this is like something to do with um, with ADHD. Like, is this mm. because I have to kind of think a little bit harder and have this kind of mental rhythm going to kind of count in something that's atypical where I... Because if I'm playing in four, I feel like I can just stop paying attention to it. Um, I can play drums and sing at the same time, but I don't know that I would have an easy as easy a time of that playing in, in a different kind of signature. Mm-hmm. And so that was something where for me, it was like, Oh, this is probably because I have ADHD is why I like these weird rhythms. And mm-hmm. I want to always kind of keep my, uh, keep my body busy and keep my mind busy at the same time in different ways. And all these different syncopations and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, No, man, like, you can just like this stuff because you like it. Like, it's okay to Mm -hmm. just, like, you 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 like weird time signatures because you got exposed to jazz and prog rock as an early teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. it's nothing to do with fucking, and maybe it is something to do with ADHD. I don't know. Mm. But it's just, like, it's it's a lot, it's tempting to see everything that way. But then it's just, like, well, aren't there also, if you step back, a whole other host of reasons that might, that that you might find this thing that you find interesting, interesting, or that you resonate with this, this book or this movie the way you do. And it's not because the main character is quote ADHD coded or whatever <laughs> on some fucking kids cartoon. And again, maybe some of them are, I don't know, but mm. uh, I, again, I, I feel like seeing everything through one lens, just, it just takes kind of the richness out of it. And yeah. Yeah.
1: I completely agree with that. And, 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 and it is, um, like I said, you know, when it, especially when it's early days or when you're just curious and you're just kind of doing the work of learning about it, it can feel like, oh yeah, yeah, everything is this. And you know, even my partner was starting to question whether he has it when I was talking right. about it all the time. And that, those conversations have kind of like tapered off. And he did. I think he did like an online thing, and he was like, nah, probably a little bit more on the OCD side, um, you know. And that's that. That actually. We complement each other fairly well that way because he, sure. you know, keeps me kind of a little more organized. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it, it doesn't have to be a full-on, it doesn't have to be a full-time job, right? Um, right. Once the process of absorbing it and um, and, and accepting and moving into um, a new kind of way of being that is more sustainable, it, it doesn't have to take, you don't, it's not your job to be on Twitter all day, Right unless you're getting paid um and like that's that's something i tell myself as well like it, it, i don't i don't have to be on linkedin all day yet either i was right. for a little while um even before and now i'm like i don't know it doesn't really suit me right now it looks too much like facebook there's too many people bickering about stupid shit and i just don't want to do it <laughs> you know like and it's um yeah. my friend mary said something like Oh, I'm not going to remember it. She she just, she phrased LinkedIn in this like really amazing, funny way of like what it is, like, like what office culture wants to be, but isn't, but nobody really wants anyway or something like that. And I was kind of like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like there used to be some really smart articles and things that I'd see on there. And I'm just not seeing that anymore. It's just, you know, bickering and HR people and like recruiters look at my profile, but I don't know who they are. And I'm like, why are you creeping me? Right. Like, talk to me, man. <laughs> it's just strange. <laughs> I don't think anybody really, I think we've all kind of been conditioned over the rise of social media over the last 15 years, like, like you were calling it, you know, admin work, right? Um, and sure, it's a good idea to like have, a, you know, some presence so that people can find you if you're doing something that you want people to find. Um, but really, it's, it's not our job to, to be on that constantly. They're the ones making mm-hmm. billions of dollars, right? It's it's really um, uh, with with my ADHD brain, it's just the the propensity to just get so addicted um, is it's just there. It's always front and center. It's always in my mind. So I have to really build boundaries, yeah. boundaries, 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 because boundaries are often not something I think about. But I'm getting better. Yeah.
0: Yep. Me too. (laughs) Um, I think I, I, we talked about this a little bit, I think, uh, maybe on the first episode. Um, but part of what, uh, part of what helped me get sober last year was, um, or yeah, I guess it kind of did. So, so I read an article that my friend Carla wrote last April. Do you know Carla Ciccone?
1: Um, doesn't sound familiar, but that doesn't mean I haven't met
0: them. Yeah, so she's she's someone I know from high school who's also a writer. Uh, She's had some bylines in, like, I want to say the New York Times and stuff like that before. So she wrote a piece last April that was about uh, her getting sober, um, or rather her experience as a new mother going to, like, a new mom's group and having to quit because it was, like, Oh, all these people do is fucking drink.
1: I think I've read that article. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that was that was a big one for me was kind of like um uh uh reading that and why the fuck did I bring Carla up? I was going um, somewhere with sobriety, something that she Yes. getting sober. Um
1: um last year because we, oh, we were talking about boundaries. Shit. We're talking about boundaries. Yes,
0: then... that's what it was. So the boundaries thing. So mm-hmm. that was right there in the article. Uh she said something that just like it was so fucking off the cuff honest and funny that it broke me and I just like completely identified with it. Was like um she said, I had no idea how to set boundaries. So I typed, how do I set boundaries into <laughs> Google? <laughs> and I am just like fucking cracking up so hard at that, just like recognizing that. And you know, mm. a, a lot of people never even get there at all. So like, yeah. and a lot, especially ADHD people. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it's good that we're kind of Even if it's later on in life, (laughs) we're we're getting there and kind of learning what what boundaries mean and how to set them. But yeah, that was uh that would that was a very, very funny turn of phrase that Carla made that made me think of that. So I really like
1: um, that.
0: Yeah. I wanted to actually Mm. double back to one more thing. I know we're getting towards an hour here. Um Mm -hmm. but so something that was really heartwarming to me that you said, uh, I don't know, probably 10, 15 minutes ago was that um you are kind of getting through the kind of grieving process Mm -hmm. of it and the negative perception of it and, and starting to kind of see like the other aspects of ADHD that, you know, are positives in your life and make you different from other people in a way that you're like, Oh yeah, this is like, this is me. This is like integral to me. And it's something that I really, really like. And, um, something that, uh, Someone online, I want to say it was a conversation. I know Erica, who I talked about last week, was involved. Again, Erica Heidewald, and I apologize to her for putting an L in her name last week. Mm. And someone else, but they were talking about how um, the ADHD kind of community quote on social media is still... There's still a lot of negativity around ADHD Mm -hmm. from advocates who live with it and that's there's a really striking contact contrast with kind of how autism is treated in that kind of online community of like Mm. there's a lot more of like this this is who I am and it makes me awesome in these ways and it makes it you know different or tough in other ways but there's not I feel like there's less emphasis in the ADHD community on talking about the things that kind of make us different in a good way and the things that we like about having ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, it doesn't impact our lives in, in ways that make it more difficult too. Uh, but just recognizing that like, this isn't something I can cure. This is a part of me that mm-hmm. has shaped who I am. And it's, uh, again, it, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of that line between this is all I am and this defines me versus like this is, is not going anywhere and so what are the things that i like about myself that i wouldn't have without that mm. um and that sort of framing around the positive aspects of it is i think a lot more present in the autism community than the ADHD one where it seems mm. to be a lot of you know a lot of negativity about how hard day-to-day stuff is, how hard it is to find a job and blah, blah, blah. And that's all very valid and very true. Mm -hmm. But again, is, is kind of the side effect maybe of people, you know, people like you and I who are new diagnoses and adult diagnoses and kind of like grieving publicly in a way. Um, And so that, that's something that like, I've really tried to kind of keep off of my social media presence is not kind of complaining about it that much. Um, not only because I just think that like, as, 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 as helpful it is, as it is to get that stuff out as a person getting that stuff out, I also recognize that, you know, I kind of take psychic damage to some degree reading this stuff all the time about Mm -hmm. how hard everybody is struggling with the same condition as me. And that's not because their feelings don't deserve to be seen and they don't, deserve to kind of have their grieving process in public if that's what they want to do, but just kind of getting this constant drip feed of like, Oh, I can't do X, Y, Z because I have ADHD Mm. is just like that. Consuming that doesn't make me feel any better about my own life and feel any better Mm. about my own ability to kind of get stuff done. And so I really kind of have to not only vet the kind of information that I'm consuming, but also just, yeah, just, just kind of the, the, people i'm consuming it from um and, and yeah so so there's an interesting kind of like you 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 don't want to come in um the opposite way where it's like adhd is a superpower mm-hmm. autism is a superpower uh fuck the normies mm-hmm. we're gonna go colonize neptune for ourselves or whatever like <laughs> that's that that's too far in the other direction yeah. but on the other hand it's not like I don't I don't want to feel like i'm I'm in a fucking stockade and just like, well, here I am gonna get pelted with eggs for the rest of my life because there's nothing I can do about. I don't want to feel powerless.
1: Right. <laughs> that's exactly so, yeah. yeah you used the word agency earlier, and I think that that's what's so mm-hmm. important is the sense that um, that you that you have um, the capacity uh, to live a life on your own terms, right um, mm-hmm. and and I think that after, you know, a lifetime of getting negative messages for your uh, brain being different and your behaviors being different, and you know, I I certainly experienced that too. And sometimes it was you know in the form of overt bullying or oppression or whatever mm-hmm. it was, um, and and having that constant kind of negative feedback, I think, does sort of foster a sense of helplessness at times, and also, mm-hmm. um, can um, can really just make um, it has made me in the past just feel like a sense of futility. Um, but I I think that, um, if there's anyone listening that does feel that, I think that that would be, um, a really good thing to listen to is when you start to feel that way, that maybe that's not the best environment for you that, um, Mm. and, and not to necessarily brainwash yourself into like toxic positivity, because I I definitely, I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, but to just say, okay, so maybe what are some things I could do to just feel, feel well within myself and to feel, Uh, connected with other people who see me and respect me and are kind to me. Um, And yeah, I think that's such a good point because I think uh, too much of any, um, any negativity can be really, it can just pull you down. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but there is, you know, there's a reason that when you're sad, you listen to sad music, right? Because you want to just kind of like heighten that emotion and feel it even more. And I think early in discovery, that's a, um, there's a real pull to that. And I certainly have been doing it as well, but, but I've, I've now come to that point where I'm like, okay, so now now that I know this and I see this and I know that I'm not alone, um, that I can start to look at some ways that are gonna, um, yeah, help me feel, um, help me feel more grounded and safe and you know mm-hmm. fully myself going forward. But yeah, that is a really good point, right? Um, because especially living in a pandemic when a lot of people have been at home all the time, I mean, everybody's been doing it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: just scrolling more than you should be, and just um, being exposed to horrific news and um, scary, just fear and um, mayhem left, right, and center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then on top of that, to be like reading, oh, having ADHD really sucks. Oh, say, I have ADHD, so do I suck? And the answer is no, right? Like it's a resounding no, it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean that you can't have a life that you can be proud of. And and everybody defines success, can define success in their own way. We're, you know, late stage capitalism tells you it's a BMW, but that's a crock of shit. We all know it.
0: We all know it's a Merc.
1: A Merck? BMW, Merck, oh, Mercedes. Is that was Merck? See, I don't even know what that is. Merck, Mercedes. Merck. Oh God! I'm
0: just, I'm just pretending I'm Jeremy Clarkson right now, oh. and I'll just have to say something racist.
1: <laughs> Jesus, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, that's a, this is a really good stuff to talk about, Jordan. I'm glad that we could do that this week. Since mm-hmm. I, I, I have definitely felt myself kind of rounding a curve in terms of my perspective. Um, yeah, it's a good feeling. Thanks so much for listening today. And uh, I just want to let everybody know about something kind of cool that we've done. It's a new feature on Instagram. So if you go to the holy shit, I have ADHD Instagram page and you go to our bio and you tap our link tree, uh, you can support us directly from that page. So whatever amount you feel comfortable with would just be like such a gift uh, to help us keep the show going.
0: One last bit of housekeeping here. Robbie and I wanted to offer our uh, wholehearted congratulations to episode eight's guest, Leanne, who finished her master's degree in social work this week. So huge round of applause. That's that's phenomenal. Um, and thank you again for, you know, coming on the show to relate your experience to us and the listeners. So shout out you, Leanne. Congratulations. If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, Subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media.
1: A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now, and hyper-focus on the positive.